0: Welcome to minute twenty of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and once again, Tom is still—he will be out and be able to join us again uh, on Monday. But uh, joining me to finish off the week today is Todd Libenau of the Forgotten Filmcast. Welcome back, Todd absolutely all right i've been having a lot of fun this week hopefully you have too hopefully all of our listeners also have been enjoying it
1: that's important
0: yeah hopefully all right so episode uh, 20 starts off with hilt still screaming don't shoot and uh talking back to von luger this is one of the the most classic scenes of, Mm. of the movie obviously this is starts off and we all know why uh you know, every, everyone who knows that that uh, Tarantino is a fan of of The Great Escape can know that from the tag end of this minute, beginning of uh, next week's minute, because he copied it second by second or shot by shot in his movie Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where he yeah, replaces yeah. Steve McQueen with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Which I, I still think that uh, McQueen does a better job of of, of that. You think? <laughs> as much as I like, as much as I like DiCaprio, but uh, you know.
1: Well, I mean, this is one of those scenes that is is one where you just go, McQueen's so cool. You know, I mean, you know, it's kind of cliche that he's cool. But, uh, you know, you watch the scene and you go,
0: man, Steve McQueen is cool. (laughs) Well, that's why we said that he's the cooler king. (laughs) He's here. Yes. That's how he got the rule. It, it, it might have even been McQueen's idea to call him the Cooler King because he's cooler than all the other kings. He's cooler than the Tunnel Kings. He's cooler than than, it's, it's
1: cooler than the Plow King and the Sausage King, all those guys, yeah.
0: That's right. Basically, we continue the scene from, from yesterday's minute where you have uh, McQueen who was about to get shot, whether it was by a sharpshooter who knows that he was planning on missing or someone who just is a really poor shot and missed. So he runs into the middle of the compound. Don't you? Don't you? While he's doing that, you see a lot of prisoners, you know, run over. You have one of the German guards. Actually, it's not Frick. I'm trying to remember which guard it is. Who jumps over the wire, and and then you just have all, all the uh, the extras dawdling around, watching. Some people hanging out of windows.
1: Every every extra that was on the set that day is there, lined up, and if- watching what is going on here they all wanted to make sure they were going to be on screen with steve mcqueen that correct
0: no question about that and what is that the german says to him what does he say todd
1: what's the german say oh well are you talking about just basically why did you go over the wire (laughs) which they all say like 20 times it's like every german has to come in and say why did you go over the wire the question over and over again it's like he's what if you want him to say you know the more times you ask me doesn't you know doesn't make it any different you know i mean i guess i i'm I'm kind of speaking wrong but i'm getting way ahead of ourselves right now he
0: goes did did you cross the wire what wire (laughs) what wire (laughs) well
1: (laughs) well the the great thing about this scene
0: yeah (laughs) what wire and he's looking down, he's, he's, he's in the middle of the the area, area and he's just looking down he goes, there's no wire on the floor, on the ground here. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, and, and I mean, one of the things I love about this whole scene is that McQueen, it's like, he's, he's acting like a six year old through half of it, you know, it, cause you know, you know. What wire? That's something like a kid would say. Or, you know, why did you go over the wire? Well, my baseball. I right? mean, well, How am I supposed to get my baseball? It's my baseball. I mean, this is the type of things that, that, you know, five-year-olds say, you know, where they go down like they're playing baseball or something. They start talking about, I don't know, like. That house down at the end of the block, or something. And you know, oh, you know, there's there's a. It's a haunted house. There's an old guy that lives in that house. It's a haunted house, and and he kills and eats kids, you know, and stuff like that. When they go over his fence, and they go, no, no, that you know. But my
0: baseball, I had to go get it.
1: Right, right, exactly. So you know, they dare the kid to throw his baseball over, or something like that. You know, I mean, it's it's kind of that line of thinking going on
0: here, but it's great. Yeah, I mean between. McQueen has a lot of lines in this movie where he just acts, like you said, as a kid. I mean, it's it's, it's meant uh, to be taken in a humorous way, and it, and it is, but it, 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 it sort of lessens his character, by the way, that he does it. But, I mean, on the one hand, it lessens his character, but it creates his character. It does. For 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 those of us who've seen this movie so many times, I couldn't expect him to to respond in any other way. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you're right on both
1: fronts. You know, you, you, if you say lessons, because it makes you initially think like, oh, this guy's you know, kind of kind of a, an idiot or whatever. But then at the same time, he's just he's just trying to mess with them. You know, he's he knows what he's doing here. He's just toying with them. So it, it just kind of ups that cool for him. But, you know, I get why, you know, he's so concerned with the baseball. I mean, of course, the baseball plays a role throughout the film, you know. Uh, But, I mean, baseball is a valuable thing. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I know we grew up in similar eras. I don't know if you were like me out in the out in the street playing baseball on a street that ended in a cul-de-sac. So we played baseball in the street all the time.
0: Right. No, we, we, we did play. There were, there were times when we played baseball on on the street. I mean, in school, that's what we would do. You know, during, during recess, we would also play baseball and stuff like that. Yeah, I I uh-huh. have friends come over and we play in our front yard, you know, baseball and stuff like that. Right, and we we use a <laughs> not 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 nine versus nine, but yeah.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely no. We never had enough for a full thing, and you know, we used a tennis ball as opposed to a baseball because we were out there where if you hit the ball hard enough, you could most definitely yeah. hit a window or something like that. You know, so we were you know, cutting back on any possibilities of a problem there. So we, we didn't use an actual baseball. We used the tennis ball,
0: but the tennis ball, you still could take out, uh, depends on how hard you hit it. We, we would actually always try and face away from, from the, from the house, you know, that type of thing to, to lessen the, the, the possibility.
1: You still could depends on how hard you hit it. See, we see that because if we hit the away from the houses. The, on the other side of the cul-de-sac the reason our street ended in a cul-de-sac was there was a parking lot on the other side for an apartment complex and then just uh, you know like 20 feet beyond that was one of the busier streets in our neighborhood so if we hit the ball that direction to pick so we had to hit down the other way towards the houses and you know we were we were not that powerful so you know us getting the distance <laughs> of the houses was generally so it wasn't too much of a concern but I mean, ultimately, what I'm getting at here is that the the tennis ball, or our de facto baseball, was a valuable thing. You didn't want to lose the ball because we only had one or two of them, you know. And if you lost the ball, it's just like in the sandlot, you know, when we're over the fence and they're all bummed because, you know, they can't play anymore that day and they don't have any money to get another ball. That's legit, man. That happened to us. If you lost the ball, right. the day was ruined. Continue on until you could get you know, scrounge up some money and get down to the, the drug or whatever, and get a new ball. Um, so I get why Steve McQueen doesn't want to lose
0: his ball. Yeah. Especially since as we, we mentioned earlier in this week, you know, he, he jumped out of his plane and the first thing he grabbed, you know, it. <laughs> and the mitt, and the mitt.
1: the guy next to him grabbed the trombone and the trombone doubled as the bat. They could use that. I mean, you know, it, but you know, they're in a prison camp, so they make it work. Very true. Um,
0: uh, I always find it funny that, that if this bowl was so important to him, why would he roll it? Uh, obviously, he wants to escape also. <laughs> but if he loses this <laughs> ball, you know, if, what, what if it were to go through the wire? What if he rolled it and it went to the other end? That's the thing. Like, oh, crap, how am I supposed to get it?
1: <laughs> it's not like a solid fence. It's just like. You know, like chicken, isn't it? I mean, it's it's got holes in it. So if he rolled the ball and didn't roll it just right, it would have gone right through and it's on the other side. And then what's he going to do? Go, go? you know, climb all the way over the fence and be like, well, but my ball, I mean, come on. You got to let me get the ball.
0: I, I think it has a lot to do with, you know, he's able to just get the, the, the ball into the right place. You know, it reminds me of, reminds me of uh, you know, River Phoenix's uh, line from from Stand By Me. That's right. Uh, Chris Chamber never misses. Yeah even when the ladies leave the toilet yes. seat down. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so Steve McQueen, so Steve McQueen he has the misses. coolness factor that just makes it so he can roll the ball just right. It's going to stop precisely right at the edge of the wall of the fence where he needs sense.
0: That that works. Of course, of course. And then so continuing with with the, this this uh, silly argument, what wire? This wire, the warning wire. And he points to the, you know, the, the German takes him seriously. He's like what wire he said what do you mean what wire the wire over here come out but again this could also be a translation issue that the german didn't know enough you know does, doesn't really know enough english uh maybe he's saying to himself did i say the wrong
1: word that, that wire really is like a safety <laughs> issue isn't it i mean you know it's this wire that's just what you know a few inches off the ground you know i mean what what if you are just walking along you're not paying attention you know you're tossing your ball up in the air or you know you're you're uh, just walking along, you know, daydreaming, whatever, you trip over that wire, you know, then, you know, you, you maybe twist your ankle, you maybe get shot, come outside of the wire. I mean, you know, that's a lawsuit. Uh, yeah, can yeah, I hope to
0: have enough insurance. Um, and then he goes on to tell him that he has to act yeah. that, that it's forbidden to cross it. You should already know that. Okay. And what do you mean? How should he already know that? He just got to this. Game. Did they did they give everyone a, a list of rules or did they basically assume that that from the previous camp you should know that?
1: I was going to say he's been in other camps. So, you know, it's, it's one of those rules that applies applies to all these.
0: But how does the guard know that? They've
1: how got those yearbooks, remember, oh, that's you know, true. and, and that's under true. Steve McQueen's name, under his picture, it lists, you know, uh, you know, favorite hobbies, hobbies, likes to cross the
0: line of death, you know, so. <laughs> exactly. The wire of death and so then he then he just went Dan, my baseball ran, rolled over there <laughs> and so the the answer is a very simple one a, he goes how am i going to get my baseball if it rolled over there i got to you know and then he goes you have to first ask permission now what does that mean Are you going to ask for permission <laughs> there's,
1: there's a designated guard there that you go and you ask permission of you know if you need to go and and go over the line, get the baseball. all that Right
0: stuff. now, now you would think that when 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 you have you know when you're uh, when you're watching your, your your young kids, right? So the ball rolls into the street, and then you say to them the same type of thing that okay, and and we'll get the ball, but you're not going to send the kid to go get it. You're going to go get it yourself. So right. it's very strange that 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 they're going to actually let the prisoners go and and pick up the ball himself. You know, the idea is okay. Tell me, my ball rolled over there. Okay, I'll go get it because I'm not going to get shot. But if you go get it, you're going to get shot. So, how, how much space is there
1: between the line and the fence? Do you figure?
0: I would, There's, I would say about uh,
1: ten feet, maybe even a little more. Ten feet or so, you know, because it's a lot of it's a lot of dead space. You know, I mean, there, it's, it's going unused there. Actually, I was going, you know, you've already got it roped off. You could like put it like a community garden in there. You know something like that you know get 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 the the prisoners doing something a little bit more they can grow some stuff you know it'd be fun
0: for them. yeah it's true it is it is a space that that could have been used more efficiently especially since the guards don't even notice that someone stands in it <laughs> you have to wait until someone screamed at him right right <laughs> you know there's the, the, the blind spot that 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 uh, that helps find is against the wire but you have to get to that blind spot first. So the idea is that okay, how come the the, the guards didn't notice him in the first place? Exactly. That's the thing. <laughs> because he should ask permission, and then he lets him go. He, he just he just walks off on his own, and then you know Hiltz shows against again his cool. Uh, you know, snapping his fingers at the guard and saying, "I'm just getting my baseball. <laughs> Don't shoot me." <laughs> and, and the question is, can the guard really hear? Uh, uh, actually, when you look at the wire the wire is pretty big there, there's no reason why the ball wouldn't go through that i think yeah i think it would uh, except for that mcqueen coolness factor like you said no question about that so then and then the guard says ah just stop it get over the wire go back immediately and you know he takes his time okay and now we have strachwith uh, show up with his uh, yearbook stuffed in his in his uniform. It, it it's pretty funny. though. it's comical the way that the, this whole thing uh, plays out. You have a, a commander coming in, and Shakos doesn't come by himself. He comes with you know four heavily armed right. guards with him. Yeah. Well, they each
1: they each person has to come in and try and you know justify assert their power and find out what's going on. And and it's like, you know, you get the first guy that's in there asking, you know, why did you cross the wire? Blah blah blah, and then. Get the second guy come in. Why did you cross the wire? And then the third guy comes in. Why did you cross? It's it's like that scene in um, Airplane, where the lady is freaking out, and and the kind of people they go, you calm down, calm down, stop, get
0: a hold of yourself.
1: You know, and they they start slapping her, and then someone says, yeah, get a hold of yourself. And then the next person comes in. No, let me handle this. What's going on, Zach? You know, and then the next one, the next one, and they're all the line. It's like they're all doing the same thing.
0: <laughs> you guys with baseball bat.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I mean, Tom Tom mentioned to me how much he he loves the the fact that that uh, you know it's somewhat of a sting on 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 McQueen the fact that that each Totter ranking Nazi shows up and they, they just annoy him more and more because they keep asking the same questions and and he doesn't really have an answer to give them yeah you know so he just gives the right. same and, and exactly it's similar to the to the answer that Henley gave also you know when when they asked him when uh, when Werner asked him what's he doing next to the the truck he says oh I'm stealing tools you know. <laughs> You know, so then you have Shylock's come in and asking the same question.
1: The same answer until he suddenly doesn't, which is the best. I mean, it's the-
0: which uh, you you can see that it's somewhat annoying to to McQueen that that uh, that he has to deal with it. And I love his 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 nicknames for the, for the various soldiers. You know, where he goes, you know, where Shylock's comes in. And, what are you doing here by the wire? And he says, "Like I told Max." I was trying to get my baseball. Maybe in the twenty minutes that he's been in the camp, he's already able to know that his guard's name is Max. So there's not really a Max. It could be. Like I told Max, i was trying to get my baseball. He did not even let him. Finish they're on a the first sentence.
1: name. They're on a first name basis already. Yeah, excellent. He. he, he. Well, he could have carried that further, you know. Been like, well, Max told me it was okay to come over here and get my baseball. I'm like, who's Max? I'm like, well, you know, Max. Everybody knows Max. He's like, well, I don't know Max. So, what? You don't know Max? Do you guys know Max? Oh yeah, we know Max. <laughs> Just keep it going like that. The whole rest of the movie, you've got these jer- looking for Max, you know, and and they keep it up. Oh yeah, Max. Max told us we could do this. Max told us we could plant a community garden beyond the wire of death. Hey, yeah, Max said it was fine.
0: And then, then you you hear you know the the German you know attention to everybody. And then uh, von Luger shows up. Von Luger once again asks the same question: <laughs> <laughs> What are you doing here? Like I told Max here, like I told this guy here.
1: <laughs> but this is but this is where uh, you know McQueen turns it, and you know we get it, it. It was so great just the timing of you know the way that things are broken down here as you're doing minute by minute. And this minute ends right as he's the stinger on this scene. You know, he gives gives that moment where he just says, "Ah, the heck with it," and says, "Yeah, I'm trying to trying to break through your
0: fence." And then, then it ended, and it was like, "Oh, that's perfect." <laughs> exactly. He, he's he's he's. he's. I was trying to cut through the wire. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. It's like, you know what? I'm just annoyed trying, telling everybody the same thing. Like I told Max here, like I told this guy, you know, you know what? I was just trying to escape.
1: Yeah. Max said it was fine to try and escape. I mean, come on.
0: What's very interesting is the original script is very different in this point.
1: Yeah. So are you saying McQueen improvised this moment here?
0: Um. I don't know if he improvised it because the, the script adds a whole other aspect to to why uh, McQueen ends up going into the cooler at this point. Okay. Basically, you have the whole scene where he's he throws the baseball and then nothing happens to him at that point. And then uh, they show that the Queen actually hides under a truck. He climbs under a truck and hangs on. And Strachwitz notices this and he gets really pissed. So what he does is he gets into the truck and starts driving it over tree stumps to try to <laughs> to try to try to uh, Bang him off.
1: It does anything to Steve McQueen. I mean, come on.
0: Exactly. I'll, I'll just quickly read it because it's pretty funny. It says, Jock says that he's not going to take any action against anyone. Uh, this is the first day here, and there's been much stupidity and carelessness on both sides. And then it shows that uh, during all of this, Hiltz has sneaked to a truck where he now hangs spread-eagled underneath by his hands and toes hooked into the lower... So then uh, Strachwitz turns away from Ives and the others as they exit and goes grimly to the truck under which Hiltz is hanging. He orders the driver out with a gesture and takes his place at the wheel. The truck in reverse backs it into the camp, then slams it into gear and races into the tree trunk studded appell area. The others watch in horror as Strachwitz drives the truck across the stumps. Hiltz flattens himself upward to his utmost as the stumps go by him by fractions of an inch. But he doesn't let go or cry out. Strach for a moment. Underneath the truck, Hiltz's face is grim, but he doesn't budge. Strachwitz's face flushes with anger and slams the truck into gear again. He try he takes off. This time violent truck over the highest stumps. Finally he stops, beaten in his attempt to make Hiltz give in. He gets out and stands by the truck. And then and then it shows that, that then says I they, a close up of Ives, who gives Strachwitz a lied derisive bird. Which I'm not sure if they're referring there to, uh, you know, his uh-huh. his raspberry that he gives him, or if he actually yeah. is giving him the finger at this point. I don't know if in a movie in the '60s that's what they would. So then it says Strackwitz reacts to and notes Ives out of the corner of his Traits on the truck, on the truck, and he goes, and Strackwitz screams, "You may come out now, Hiltz." Hiltz emerges and faces Strackwitz, His eyes cold, with, cold with hatred as Farage. Uh Hiltz lifts up the tab of his collar of his shirt under it as we as is often done by Americans in combat is his insignia of rank. It's captain hilts. So they, they they sort of change things a little bit. I, I actually am curious to know whether this is something that uh you know McQueen preferred you know, that I'd rather, you know, SASS off in this way as opposed to uh, yeah. you know being being dragged under a truck. It it still says a lot. You know, they break this up and they change things That's... a little bit.
1: That's really interesting. There's two things that, that went through my mind as you're reading that. One is I thought this sounds like a really difficult scene to try and pull off. Um, especially given the time that this movie was made, it's just uh, be difficult to shoot, difficult to edit. Uh, and I wondered if that might be part of why we didn't get that scene. The other thing that struck me as you were reading it, we were Tino earlier. I thought that reads like
0: a very tarantino type of scene <laughs> completely no question about it i mean because the, the script also has in a previous scene the whole idea of of hilt still throwing his baseball because basically he's just told to, to uh, stop this nonsense and get over the wire or you'll be killed instantly okay okay and that's it you know he doesn't have the whole back and forth they, they truncated this this uh mm. the interactions between the two of them by doing it this way but uh, obviously you know, I, I think that the way they filmed it works better. It, yeah. yeah, you know, Because as you said, it, it would add a Tarantino-esque look to the whole thing, which uh, I don't know if that would work as well.
1: I, I I definitely like the way it is in the film. I don't know that I would change it. But there's also a part of me that would really like to jump into the multiverse, that version play out as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's too bad that Tarantino didn't do that in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah.
1: Yeah, why not? <laughs>
0: Yeah. All right. Well, you have anything else to, to about
1: this minute, Todd? I don't want to risk, uh, you know, getting shot by the guards up in the tower. So, you know, I I think we're good. Nope. Oh,
0: anything else you want
1: to say about the movie? uh no. Uh, well, I mean, it, it it's a great movie. I mean, this was great to to get to talk about this one uh, small chunk of it in detail here. But um, yeah, I mean, for for folks that are are listening to this podcast who if you haven't seen the movie yet i don't know why you're listening you know you should watch the mostly but um you know if you if you haven't seen the great escape see the great escape but it it is a wonderful movie um like i said on one of the previous installs my family recently my two kids are both uh, young adults uh you know at this point but all throughout their their lives there's been certain movies that I kind of had a mental list of that. I was like, I'm, I want my kids to watch that movie with me someday. You know, things that were, this were things like uh, planet of the apes and Godzilla. And, um, Oh, I'm trying to think what else, you know, all kinds of movies from the eighties, of course. Um, but the great escape is one of the movies that was on that list. And I finally got to watch, uh, within the last year and they really enjoyed it. Um, it's, it's a true classic, and um, did your
0: wife enjoy it also?
1: Oh you? yes, my wife has watched it many, many times. Um, I think.
0: Oh, we should have gotten her on here. Also oh yeah, maybe.
1: she. I, I think her history with it is that I mean, obviously, it's a movie that played on TV a lot during our childhoods, and I'm pretty sure that any time The Great Escape was on TV, her her dad would watch it, and so she watched it many times when it was on broadcast TV with her folks. So, yeah. All right,
0: great. So, you want to once again tell everyone how they can uh, get in t- get in contact with you?
1: Absolutely, yeah. The blog, Forgotten Films, is at Forgotten Filmcast. Um, uh, the podcast is called the Forgotten Filmcast. You can find it everywhere you find podcasts. And then I'm on Twitter at Forgotten Films. That's Films with a Z.
0: All right. So while you're going to check out Todd stuff, you rate, review, and subscribe to to us. Give us good reviews if you, if you like what you've been hearing. You four weeks of this, so we we've got another thirty weeks or so to go through. So you know, hang in there. This is going to be a fun ride. We're going to have a, a great time doing this. You can uh, website thegreatescapeminute dot com. You can uh, send us an email at thegreatminute at gmail You can write to us by Twitter, Great Escape MXM, or you can come and uh, talk to us in our Facebook group, The Cooler. please uh, Tom will be out of the out out of cars next week, and we'll be able to to join us again. I'll be back here hopefully on Monday. So until Monday, tally-ho. Tally-ho.